0: And they're just talking about milk. Like you, you can tell. I think this is a clue. Oh, tell me, tell me. This is the second time that milk has come up around him. Around Kevin or around? Around Chick. When was the last time? He was drinking milk when he came down after. Oh yeah. But Kevin's also obsessed with milk too. Because last time, like Veronica came to his house and he was like, yeah, I'll have milk. And then he got his own milk. So like Kevin and Chick both like to walk downstairs with inexplicable bottles of milk. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23 year old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the hundred script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. If I could have a slimmer party with five people in history, I would choose Emma Watson, yeah, Trixie Mattel, obviously, Taylor Swift. Oh my god, Tri- Trixie and Taylor would not want to be in the same room with each other. Yeah, I know, it'd be funny. Lindsay yeah. Morgan. Yes. And you. Oh, That's so cute! That's my answer, your turn! Okay! And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass milfs and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat... And if I could have a slumber party with five people from history, it would be one, Julie Andrews. She's my Uh answer for everything. Great answer. Um, Laverne Cox. Uh Uh-huh. I want to learn everything from her. Um, Bianca Del Rio. Yes. Obviously. Yeah. RuPaul. Uh Uh-huh. Obviously. And I was going to say Kathleen Kennedy, but now I'm going to change my answer to you. Yay. (laughs) Much cuter. Much cuter. Oh, my God. Goals. (laughs) I hate us a lot. <laughs> Today we have words to say about episode 216 of Riverdale Primary Colors. Primary Colors was a 1998 political film starring John Travolta and Emma Thompson, and it was about Bill Clinton. What isn't about Bill Clinton? <laughs> what an interesting uh, question. Yeah, I know. It has no answers. Um, we have some listener thoughts this episode. Um, my friend Meta, uh texted me this. So let's have a quick chat about it. Okay. She said, I was listening to last week's Riverdale podcast to catch up. And doesn't Penelope not get any insurance for Thornhill because Cheryl burned it down herself? You don't get insurance if the police are aware that you burned down your own home. So maybe Cheryl knows she won't get that because of her actions. She literally took away her mom's fortune okay, but if the police knew that Cheryl burned down the house, then Cheryl would have been arrested for arson. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the season, she was, like, talking to Penelope in the hospital and saying, like, oh no, the fire started and you ran back in to get whatever, or, like, something like that. Yeah. So. Like, in in theory, she's absolutely right. Like, if it's self- Inflicted or, like, by a member of the family, they wouldn't get insurance. But since no one knows who started the fire, the the question remains. Yeah. She also said... Also, my theory with Claudius is that his and Penelope's plot goes back a long, long time. Like, maybe even the hanging of Clifford wasn't really his own doing, nor Jason's death. That Clifford has either been dead longer and that Claudius has been impersonating him, or they drove Clifford silently mad with guilt that it wasn't his own. Then the twin-destroying twin story becomes a lot darker. (gasps) I love that. I feel like I can't even wrap my head around that. Like I I gotta do some thinking, you know? The only thing that I can't quite grasp is um, him being dead for longer. Yeah. But because the re- then who was hung? Yeah. But the rest of it, yeah. I could totally, like, get on board that plot line. Mm-hmm. Because I'd love to see something that sinister. Yeah. And then maybe, um, like, him sort of assuming Clifford's life makes more sense. Yeah. Because he just fits in where he's always fit in in his mind. Mm-hmm. I like it. Right, because Clifford, like, pushed him out of his own life, so maybe he's sitting here being like, this is what was owed to me. This is what yeah. should be my life. This is the person who, like, should be my wife, should be my child, should be this, should be that, but you ruined that for me, so now that you're dead, I'm taking over and taking what's rightfully mine? Question mark. Yeah, no, I think that that's pretty damn interesting and a good interpretation. Cool. Oh, I love it. Thanks, Meta! Yeah, thanks, beta If you have any listener thoughts, uh, people out in the in the universe there, you can tweet them to us or DM them to us or, or whatever. We'll read them. Correct us. Tell us we're idiots. Yeah. Maybe don't tell us we're idiots. Only if we deserve it. Yeah. And, like, I usually do, but, like, you know. Okay. Thanks, Meta. So, usually, I'll, like, split these up and I'll be like, thing that we care about less, thing that we care about more, but... I wanted to talk about the Coopers and Blossoms last because it's nice to, like, end the podcast on something we're actually interested in. But mm-hmm. those two storylines were so small that it would be, like, weird to do them after the big one. hmm So we're gonna do... Would you rather do Coopers or Blossom first? Um, Blossoms. Blossoms. All right. So Cheryl's sleeping and her door is opening creepily and so she decides to lock the room via a chair. And when she wakes up in the morning, they're like, um, you're crazy. Ah, gaslighting at its finest. Mm hmm And so they're like, oh, Claudius, are you going to take over Nana Rose's, like, portion of the whatever? And Nana Rose is like, um, excuse you very much. Team Nana Rose. Yeah, weirdly Team Nana Rose. Basically, Nana Rose is, like, saying words, and then Claudius is like, have some more tea, Nana Rose. They they poisoned her, right? They did? Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They established that. Holy butts. But my question is, um, so Claudius has been, like, gone. Like, he joined, what did he join? The Navy or something. Right. And he really seemed like he didn't have any interest in any of this. Yeah, he seemed really chill. I was excited to have, like, a good Clifford, but it seems um, that that's not what's happening. Yeah, because, like, the impression I got was, like, at the very least, he would just take his share of the fortune. Why, all of a sudden, is he interested in having all of it? Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Tony is auditioning for the vixens. I, they did this for the bias. They did yeah. it. They did it for the bias, and I just want to thank them. And Cheryl was like super into it, and then she was like, "Inner circle vixens, you know who you are." Like, what if someone else came up, and Cheryl was like, "I'm not you." <laughs> Can you imagine? And she's like, welcome. To- We're going to have a slumber party. A mandatory slumber party. What if they're like, oh, well, it's my mom's birthday. Too bad. The thing that I like like about that and also breaks my heart is she has to make these things mandatory because otherwise, yeah. like, they don't listen to her. Otherwise, just Tony will come. Yeah. And then her mom will be mad. Yeah. But it's like the, even though they ditched her at the cabin she's still inviting them to things yeah and like it i guess cheryl was never really allowed to have a close female best friend that's why her best friend was always jason yep and that's why it got weird homophobia does a lot yeah so they're in like a hairbrush party sure yeah and they just brush each other's hair and she's like inner circle Cousin Betty. It's... She always has to be so specific. I love that about her. That made me laugh so hard. I was like, oh, right. You guys are cousins. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. But once again, and I'm going to bring it up every episode. Why is Josie... Like, they're... Josie's here being, like, part of the inner circle, and they're not talking about what Cheryl did to her. No, they're going to next episode, though. You think so? Yeah. you you They see it in the trailer. But isn't Cheryl off yonder? They're all... They're all gonna find out what happened. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you. Like, someone, please. Yeah. This is messed up. This isn't something you forget about. Like, a lot of the times we can be like, ah, they're never gonna bring it up again. Womp, womp. Oh well. Mm-hmm. But this is like a huge thing. Yeah, no, it's a gigantic thing. I was really hoping they remember it. Yeah. So Cheryl is saying she's just really scared to live in her house and how it's not a game. And she calls Tony TT. TT. Which is just another thing, because like she always called Jason JJ TT TT. That's how you and know that she really loves you. She was like scared to get poisoned, and Betty relates. I mean, if anyone's going to, yeah, cousin Betty. Love you, cousin Betty. Shout out to the bi lighting. Oh my God, that the super bisexual lighting in that room. Do you want to explain what bi lighting is? Yes, it's when like, and it's like been a huge thing recently in film where. A bunch of the light is pink and a bunch of the light is blue, which is the colors of the bisexual flag. Mm -hmm. So, So, and it's always like, it's like neon aesthetic. Yeah. And it it always involves a bisexual character. So it's bi-lighting now. Yeah. It is law. So Cheryl and Tony. Obama.gif. Are in bed and Cheryl's basically saying, there's no way my mom would let it just be you. So I had to invite everybody else. And then they almost kiss. Oh, it was so sweet. And then, and then Nana got pushed down the stairs. Less sweet. Yeah. She survived though. Get me. How? Nothing takes out Nana Rose. That's true. You know what? Not even a nuclear apocalypse would take out Nana Rose. Yeah. I have a question. Sherry brings up the fact that, thank you, that... Claudius is wearing her dad's pajamas and stuff. I'm a little bit confused about this. Like, what is her point? Do you know? Oh, Robin. Please tell me. Sometimes you're just so little, you know? That's why I'm asking. Please tell me. Okay. One, okay, I can give you the, the, there's going to be two, there's going to be, there's, it's it's a two-parter. Okay. Here's the non-weird one that you'll appreciate. Okay. Is he needed to sleep over and the only male pajamas they had in the house were his. Yeah. The actual implication is that they're sleeping together and he's in his pajamas because he's basically replaced him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I thought there was something more sinister going on. Oh, well, basically they're just replacing. I mean, obviously there is, but him. Clifford. So like, even yeah. though they finally got rid of like killer Clifford Blossom, who's evil and sells drugs, they're like, oh, great news. There's another one. Yeah. Cheryl's reading Turn of the Screw. And that's very exciting for me. Why? So she was reading and I was like, oh, what is it? So I paused it and it said Turn of the Screw. And I was like, yes. Um, Turn of the Screw is a book that is mentioned in Lost like three times. Okay. And so I like went on to the Wikipedia page and I was like, oh, there's too much information. I don't get it. And then I went on to the Lostpedia page, which gave me like an actual great plot, like plot summary, which was helpful to me. God, what won't Lost give you? Literally... It gives me everything. So uh, this is what The Turn of the Screw is about, and I think it makes sense. Okay. So it was written by Henry James and originally published in 1898, and it tells the story of a young governess at a remote estate who slowly comes to realize her young charges are being haunted by the ghosts of their former governess and the valet with whom she was romantically involved. The heroine becomes more and more convinced that these two ghosts mean to harm the children, and her efforts to protect them end in tragedy. However, the reader is left with the strong impression that the two ghosts were figments of the governess's imagination. Oh. A dramatization of the book was filmed in 1957 under the title The Others. So that's why it makes sense for Lost. But, okay but um yeah in lost it's like they have <laughs> trying not to be spoilery about it but they had there's an orientation video and every time that someone's gonna watch the orientation video they say yeah yeah it's behind turn of the screw like on the bookshelf oh okay okay so so when I saw turn of the screw I was like <gasps> I understand that reference it might be through lost but I understand it but I get it so when I saw it I was like <gasps> that's relevant to my interests it I like, love that like You can access pop culture things through Lost. Mm -hmm. Because, like, it may seem like you're like, yeah, like, I understand things through Lost, but, like, you're getting the same education other people do. You're just getting it through an accessible medium. Yeah. I think that's hilariously adorable. (laughs) I also love that about me Yeah But she's reading it at the hospital with Nana Rose And she goes to talk to the doctor And says that she has consumed some tannis root And so I googled tannis root And it's like I think it's a fictional type of thing from Rosemary's Baby Tannis root is fictional? I don't know. I just, when I Googled it, a bunch of stuff about Rosemary's baby came up. So that's what I assumed. Yeah. Plot explanation. What is the significance of Tannis root? In the film, Rosemary is sent a book by Huchka, blah, blah, blah. Like they're just talking about Rosemary's baby. So it doesn't really seem like that's a real thing. Okay. But yeah, basically it like poisons people. I haven't seen, I think it's a horror film or something. So I didn't go super in depth with that but After Rosemary was impregnated by Satan, many of the occult leaders that knew about this were obsessed with providing her tannis root. Yeah, either way, it's a thing. It's a thing. So that it was a reference, is basically what we're saying, is it was a reference to something when they say, when they're bringing up tannis root. Penelope shows up and takes Cheryl away from the doctor who Cheryl is trying to say, please help me. I, and that doctor would have helped her too. Yeah, he seemed pretty chill. It's his professional obligation to, he would have done it. Yeah. And her mother knew that. Yeah, exactly. So she was like, oh, just in time. Mm-hmm. So Cheryl on the ride back accuses Penelope of pushing Nana Rose down the stairs. And she's like, oh, you've gone mad. You've lost your mind. Guess we'll have to send you away. and So you'll be all better. And like, you can tell that Penelope's like, just being like, this is what I'm saying. What do you mean? Rather than like really believing what she's saying. Like she, she doesn't actually think that Cheryl's lost her mind. She's just like trying to convince Cheryl that she has. Oh yeah, like in my mind she already had this planned out and was just waiting for Cheryl to say something, quote unquote, nuts enough for her to be like, "Okay, I can justify what I'm doing." Right. So, at the end of the episode, Tony comes by and is looking for Cheryl, and <laughs> I think it's so ridiculous that she's like, "I know she likes girls, so uh, I sent her to an all-girl boarding school in Switzerland." Like, obviously she didn't, but like Why would Be like, that was a ch- that was a choice. Yeah. <laughs> I saw this thing on Instagram where someone asked the the lovely lady who plays Penelope, um, her name's Natalie. I think that's mm-hmm. how you pronounce it. And they were saying that, do you think that Penelope is doing this because of internalized homophobia? Like maybe Penelope also had the same sort of feelings and that was like beat out of her or whatever. And that's mm-hmm. why it's happening. And Natalie said, that's certainly a possibility. Like she was totally open to that. And and then obviously saying that so many people have to go through this terrible therapy that doesn't end. Yeah. So anyway. So it's definitely confirmed that this is like a form of homosexual conversion therapy. Yeah. (sighs) Cause they use literally use the word conversion. Yeah. Well, when I was watching it, I got to the part where they were about to do it. And I was like, okay, like maybe maybe this isn't conversion therapy. And then they say conversion. I'm like, okay, so we yeah. really just want to hammer home that they they're they're going there. Yeah, we texted about a bit about this last night. So, yes. do you have any any thoughts? I'm just like a little bit horrified to be honest. Uh-huh. Um because I think in the right hands This could be a really, really interesting exploration of what happens to an uncountable number of people across the world. But I don't think Riverdale is a show to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Riverdale is using it as a plot device to torture Cheryl instead of really exploring the psychology behind it and what it actually does to the people who are forced into conversion therapy. For those who don't know, conversion therapy is very, basically, if you're gay, you get sent to conversion therapy and they try to make you straight. Yeah. Because there's something inherently wrong with you. You're unnatural, you're an aberration. And so they treat you as like a medical subject and you're wrong in some way. So... I think if this show had the time and the energy to put in towards the plotline like that, I would be interested to watch it. I just don't think it does. I I definitely dislike this choice as well, but I do think that it could be worse. Like they could be at least they're framing it as like torture like we know some that nothing's wrong with Cheryl. We know like all these things and and it's being framed as if Penelope is clearly the bad guy and these people who are doing this to her are clearly the bad guy. Like it could be worse, I guess. Yeah, but the, like, if it, if the thing is, it could be worse, and the messages, well, at least they're not saying it's good, then, you know, the bar is pretty low. Yeah, no, I mean, totally, but. Yeah, I see what you mean. But, I mean, honestly, like, they've done worse with different plots before, is, I guess, what I'm saying. I just want them to be really careful with Cheryl, considering, you know, she's newly out, which means that Cheryl represents something to the people watching now. yeah. So this is why I really wish that writers would be careful with queer women mm-hmm. because, yes, you can put them through hell. That's fine. But you got to do it right and you got to be mindful of who your audience is. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of girls are now going to be watching this and going, my favorite character is now being forced to not be gay. Yeah. And that's a damaging thing. True. So, we'll, But, you know, honestly, we'll, we'll see. We'll reserve judgment sort of thing. Yeah. Penelope says that she's at a boarding school in Switzerland, but she's clearly just at the Swiss Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Why is the Sisters uh, of Quiet Mercy allowed to exist? And we know that for sure because Sister Woodhouse has been um, mentioned before at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Yeah. So, frick them. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know why it's allowed to exist and that the town of Riverdale, you know, they're so against a prison, but the Sisters of Quiet Mercy is allowed to still be there. Yeah. Well, that's what bothered us when when they were at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy last time, which I believe was 109. Mm -hmm. And um, Betty was basically threatening them to out them as terrible, abusive humans if she didn't get her information. And we were really messed up by that because why are you... Yeah, why wouldn't you out them anyway? Letting other people going through this terrible thing just for your own benefit. Because, I mean, the- theoretically, of course, we're not putting this on Betty, but yeah. theoretically, if Betty had said something, you know, Cheryl's mother still would have... This wouldn't be happening to Cheryl. Yeah. Done something. Tried to send her somewhere, but yeah. it it yeah. wouldn't be there. It wouldn't be so accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Should we move on to the to the Cooper storyline? Yeah, sure. Okay, so Chick doesn't have Blossom blood. Uh, which we called early, um, and it was very exciting. Um, so Hal—it's because he has Joan's blood, exactly. Hal isn't the father, um, but Alice says that the father won't be in their lives, and she doesn't want to open old wounds that have been healed many times over. What does hmm. that mean? I don't know. I still think it's FP, and even though like later in the episode she says in like there's no way it's FP, I think that if it still is, because I still believe it is, because I want. Want to That him not being in their lives is is probably just because he doesn't know. Okay, no, no. Okay, I have okay. To okay, agree. tell me, tell me. Tell Are you me, ready? ready? Are you ready? Yes, okay. yes, yes. Okay. Alice doesn't actually know who the father is. Okay. Um, because one, Betty said, "Is it a possibility that's FP?" And Alice says no. But the way Alice says no means yeah. Alice is a little unsure. Yeah. And gotcha. It's just like gotcha. So she's. So you're saying she's not lying. She's just. She just doesn't know. She. Yeah. I think. I think it's I a like mama that, mia like that, situation. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, what I'm going to need is FP to be, uh, we're going to need two other candidates. We're going to need a Greek Island and maybe Meryl <laughs> Streep. <laughs> and songs, more songs. And tons of songs. Going to need a lot of ABBA. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we will crack this paternity thing. I'm so excited. Yeah, but I fully think Alice doesn't know and that's going to be part of the journey is them putting the pieces together or they find a DNA test and test his DNA against Joan's DNA. yeah. We just got to figure out like how to make that happen. Yeah, that seems like something Betty would do. Yeah, like if she thinks that FP is like possibly a candidate. Because I think in Betty's in Betty's brain that would stick and be like, oh God, are Jughead and and I part of the same family? Yeah, I need to know for sure that that's not true. Yeah. Um, but either way, Chick is still creepy. Um, still being a still being a creepster, and not even like the beautiful creepster. Just a exactly. creepster. Just a creepster. But once again, shout out to this actor who's like he's doing so well. I God. wasn't sure about him at first, but I think he's doing a really good job. He switches from vulnerable to manipulative evil so quickly. Super impressive and so beautifully. Him, yeah. Okay, so now we have Kevin and Chick thoughts what the hell? I have, I, at first, when I was first watching it last night, I was like, oh, um, well, okay. But now I have problems. Okay. Tell me your problems. So at first I was just like, okay, well, you know, Kevin said like, this has bothered me. Like, I don't really want to do this. Which, and respect? Total respect. I don't know if he needed to come in and like legit just out Betty, right? And, like, where's your, where do your loyalties lie? My problem is that Kevin is, as far as we know, still underage. If they're like, a thing or whatever. Alice says later in the episode, he's spent 25 years, blah, blah, blah. So he's 25. he's 25 and Kevin is not. That's too old. That's too old for him. Oh, dear. Wait a couple years. Yeah. So, um, but either way, those two are hanging out and they're just talking about Milk. Like you, no, you can tell. I think this is a clue. Oh, tell me, tell me. This is the second time that Milk has come up around him. Around Kevin or around? Around Chick. When was the last time? He was drinking milk when he came down after. Oh, yeah. But Kevin's also obsessed with milk, too, because last time, like, Veronica came to his house and he was like, yeah, I'll have milk. And then he got his own milk. So, like, Kevin and Chick both like to walk downstairs with inexplicable bottles of milk. I don't know. I I think there's something there. I might be absolutely nuts, but it feels like something's there. If- what do you think it could be? Oh, girl, I don't know. Like, I hope it's, like, some kind of, like, milk conspiracy within, like, all of Riverdale and everyone's being poisoned. Oh, my goodness. I, don't, I literally have no idea. I'm just, like, grasping at straws. If they have milk, you can- you know that they like dudes. Oh, okay, maybe milk's gay code. Yeah. Like, what well, I mean, if- milk is a name of a drag queen so that's the truth yeah that's the truth but like yeah they both like to walk downstairs with with milk but you're like where'd you get that that's happened to both of them milk is gay code but like they're literally just talking about milk so you can tell the director was just like um yeah just talk about anything and they were like oh well there's some milk here so I guess we'll just talk about that and they're like laughing about it because they're like why are we talking about milk like I can see the actors in that moment yeah yeah and so she, she comes in and she's like, oh, how do you guys know each other? Because, like, she's not supposed to heck in. No. Yeah. And so Kevin ba- basically spilled the beans beforehand. And she's like, Kevin, go away. And he's like, really? And it's like, yeah, Kevin, like, you messed up a little, bud. It's like, why would you? I mean. Where, like, where's, like, who do you trust more? Like, who have you known longer, you know? Yeah. But she's like, can you not mess with my friends? And he's like, if I do anything, I'm I'm doing something wrong. What what? Like he's like mess with your friends like I'm just yeah. trying to live my life. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're trying to be a manipulative douche. And sometimes, like, I can't figure out whose side I'm on, because Betty's being a psycho in this episode to him. I mean, she... But also, Chris, Chick is a psycho in every other time. Yeah, like, she's just meet, matching crazy for crazy. Yeah, and so, then they talk about their darkness again, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna ignore this, this part. Oh my god, every time they talk about their darkness, I cringe, like, it's so dumb. Don't call it your darkness. <laughs> like, the darkness inside me. Ugh, no, put it away. (laughs) So she like goes into his room at night and just like puts a lighter in his face until he wakes up. I mean, how long were you sitting there for? Hashtag just sibling things. (laughs) I do that to my sister all the time. Yeah, of course. I can relate. Yeah. And so then she starts talking about how she catches bad men and how she caught Clifford and the Sugar Man and the Black Hood and they're all dead. And I'm like, did you catch the black hood? Not going to let this go. Yeah, did you catch the black hood? Because people keep saying you didn't catch the black hood. But then they also say that you do. So like we're getting mixed signals about this. But either way, like he looks genuinely frightened in this moment. He looks frightened. But to me, whenever Chick looks like this, it's because he's faking it. Mm. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't really know what to make of him. No, I, I yeah, I can't. I can't tell, because at this point, like, he fakes so much. He, like, acts so much that, like, what's real. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so Betty comes home, and Alice is really mad at her, and she's like, um, are you coming into threats, <laughs> into Chick's bedroom at night and threatening him? And she's like, what? That sounds... yo this is like okay as creepy as all of this is this is also the most sibling thing that anyone could pull so it's so that's like the best part about their dynamic is that they are like even though everything they do is really heightened they still have those moments where they're actually just siblings yeah exactly like I love that the looks that they share and like tattling to mom I'm like this is like both creepy and really well done as like two people who are siblings hmm And so he found her wig in her room and she's like, um, you're a creep. Why are you going through my stuff? And he's like, I was looking for the lighter That's as proof, proof, but then I found that instead. And then he, she's like, what do you even have this for? And he's like, so she wears Well, she has sex with Jughead. And, he, and Alice is like, what, really? And Betty's like, how do you even know that? And she was like, I was guessing. <laughs> See what I mean about sibling stuff? You just take a shot in the dark. I- loved this moment though that was so funny and it's what betty deserves for having all I that It was just guessing yeah and like ugh. i think that's true i don't think he knew that no i think he took a full-on shot in the dark but like it was an educated guess and he got it right yep. it was so funny i loved it and then alice was just like what and she's like everything is bad now i liked it I mean, just like Cheryl, Alice's personality changes from episode to episode. But I like that in this episode, instead of just, like, freaking out, Alice is just like, okay, and just actually had to, like, leave to go process it. Yeah, I gotta go take a moment. Yeah. So Alice comes to Betty again and is asking, like, if they're at least being safe. And we're like, thank you. Have we not been bringing this up for the past, like, six episodes? Exactly. Or longer. Like, um, so at least they talked about it. And I'm so glad it came from Alice. Yes, because yeah. we love her. So she says, yeah, yeah, we are being safe. And she's saying I, she wasn't always when she was in her teens. Mm-hmm. And that's how Chick showed up. <laughs> and she's very familiar with how alluring the Jones men are. Robin, how do you feel about that? I feel great. Um, the snake parents acknowledge their obvious history yeah. and like like blatantly. And now Betty knows about it. And now Betty knows about it. Because Betty goes, like, did you an FP? And Alice is like, where's this conversation? Mm-hmm. Because now I I just want this conversation between her and drughead, And then like, they're like, oh man, all the times we were there with them at Pops. (laughs) Right now they're like, oh my God. And they were making eyes at each other and we didn't notice. You know, all they have to do is go on Tumblr and look up the gifts, and they'll remember all of it. That's the truth. It's a thing. And so Betty's like, what is, is FP Chick's dad? And Alice is like, what? No. Huh? I don't know. What? Yeah, he is though. He so is. He so is. He totally is. But, changed my life. Okay. But also, like, if so, he is, I'm going to be really disappointed because, like, the child of Alice and FP is that creepy. He's so weird. But it kind of makes sense because you mixed Betty and Jughead together. You get a weird kid. That's true. Yeah. So uh, she's saying, oh, he's odd and he's damaged. Like, at least she's saying, I'm not totally blind. Like, I know he's a weirdo. No, I loved this part. I love- yeah, I loved it too. But also, like, if you know he's a weirdo, why did you let him take the kids down by the river? I think because she wants to show. prove. I want he, she wants him to prove to her, and she wants to prove to herself that she can fix him. Yeah. You know. So when he came back with the actual twins, she was like, Ah. Yeah. That was a test that yes. he passed. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just, I love, I love that she makes herself vulnerable. I love that mm-hmm. she acknowledges, like, I'm not crazy. I see the same things you do, but I have a lot of guilt because I left this kid alone and he is the way he is because of mistakes that I made. Yeah, she's saying he had 25 years and no one ever loved him and I was supposed to be the one who did. exactly, And I wasn't there. I think that's, I think that's great. I love when we get these moments with Alice where you, you see like real Alice under there Mm -hmm. instead of like, you know, the suburban housewife, like everything is fine, sort of knitting Alice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So the last thing that happens in this storyline is that Betty and Chick do a truce and, well, well, she tries to do a truce. But she's just like, I could always go to the police and tell them that you, like, killed the dude or whatever. And Chick's basically saying, I didn't, I don't know if he's saying I didn't kill the dude, but he said I didn't touch the body. I don't think he killed the so dude. So does that mean I didn't kill him or does that mean after I killed him I did exactly nothing to do with I don't anything. think he killed anyone. I think Alice did his dirty work for him. Yeah. Which I still forever know. ties them together. Yeah. Which is exactly what Chick wants. And so he's basically saying, I didn't heckin' do anything. You're the one who did all the shady stuff. You did so many shady things. Let me list all the shady things you did. So I'm the one who could go to the police and say, have you heard all the shady things Betty did? And I mean, Betty has done some really messed up stuff. That's the heckin' truth. Including trying to boil Chuck alive. Yeah, exactly. Like episode heckin' three. Yeah, And so he threatens her. And talks about how she's the one who scares him. This is a great scene. It was great because on the one hand, it's absolute gaslighting. Like, turning it back on her. Making her doubt her own sanity. On the other, Betty has finally met her match in terms of someone who is willing to do whatever it takes, because I think in a lot of ways, even though Betty has morals, Betty can suspend those morals. Mm -hmm. And I think Chick can do the exact same thing. Chick is everything that Betty has the potential to be. Right. So those are the interesting plot lines. Yes. So let's talk about the rest of the episode. Oh, I can't. I've gone deaf and mute suddenly. I don't know. Oh, sorry. I guess it's just a me thing. I'm literally just going to be like listing, listing what happened and then being like, so yeah. So this happened and Archie was dumb and Molly Ringwald was a badass and actually standout moment of all of this is Molly Ringwald. So let's do it. She did a great job. Yeah. So um, Hal is interviewing Hermione, and she's just basically saying some mayor stuff and how a bunch of money is going to go <laughs> to the school, stuff. and they're going to do like a newing. Yeah, I was like, I'm not writing all this down, <laughs> whatever. Okay, so basically what and she's so, saying is that you'll get half of what you originally had, and you'll thank her for it. Exactly. And so Hal's like, Veronica, are you going to run for student body president? And she's like, Oh, I'm just going to support my mom. I don't know, um, and just show that she's more than a housewife. And I was like, We all knew that, but okay. Um, also housewives are really good people and they're no lesser than any other type of person. True. Most housewives decide to be housewives and are proud of their jobs. And they rear their children and they take care of their families. And I don't know why people crap all over housewives when they're good people. True. Um. So Andy Cohen is here. <laughs> Robin, talk to us about Andy Cohen. When I saw the trailer, I thought that Andy Cohen was coming in here... <laughs> To play a character that was endorsing Hermione. Not that they were going to be like, Andy Andy Cohen Cohen is here. Because that was weird. (laughs) Okay, so Robin, what um, show does Andy Cohen host? Um, He hosts uh, something that ends with live. Uh, it's called Watch What Happens Live. Watch What Happens. Yeah, Watch What Happens and Live. And Robin, who were the most recent guests on Watch What Happens Live? Well, it was RuPaul and Trixie Mattel. hmm And what did so, Trixie Mattel do last week by, just remind me? Yeah, I think that she, like, won $100,000 and has the crown for being in the All-Stars Hall of Fame. <gasps> oh, right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting that Josie is like, oh my gosh, I watch every episode and I'm just like, So you really? saw Trixie Mattel. So you saw it? How do you feel about it? Actually, she... Do you think Shangela should have won? (laughs) She would have seen Trixie twice, because Trixie and Katya have also played bartender uh, before on that show. Oh, turns out I have to do more research. I have cute Anyway, Andy Cohen's here for, like, some reason, and Kevin's excited about it. Listen, they wanted... (laughs) Riverdale is the CW, like, machine. Yeah, you know, isn't it like one of their most it's one of their most popular shows, yeah. isn't it? I think it's yeah. far outstripped Supernatural as being like their most visible and smash hit show. Yeah. You know, it's like that crazy ex-girlfriend and Jane the Virgin. Yeah. So, you know, you get something like Andy Cohen in, you're gonna get more and more traffic. Yeah, exactly. It, it was just weird. I also just wanted to say that I saw Love, Simon mm-hmm. and I thought it was a good movie. So shout out to Riverdale for giving you a good movie recommendation. I mean, I was going to see it anyway, but yeah. So Kevin is pumped as heck to meet Andy Cohen for some reason. (laughs) Hermione's like, let's just like chill now, Veronica. And she's like, okay, I will definitely chill. She will not chill. The thing about Veronica is if you tell her to chill, she'll probably do the opposite. Yeah. So Hal has written this article. I read the article and her... Uh, He uses the phrase, make Riverdale great again, and that's unfortunate. Okay, so what do you think about these parallels that they're clearly drawing? My problem is that they were like, here's an article. And they don't expect like 75%, like 95% of the people who watch the show aren't going to be like, oh, let's read what the article says. I'm just a weirdo. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if this was a joke by the props department or like what this was, but I don't like it. I think it draws a pretty clear parallel especially when you see like you know the that big sweeping like emotion at the end when fred declares so it's like okay this is very obviously drawing right. battle lines you know like i mean okay, hiram yeah. hiram's a land developer yeah. if that isn't the trump allegory i don't know what is i don't um like it no i don't like it either especially since hiram and the lodges are all people of color and andrews are white Yeah. So yeah, Fred's reading the article. Archie's saying, yes, I uh, agree with them. And Fred's like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, I'm just going to sever like literally all ties with them. And that's just how it's going to go. So you and I believed that Archie was doing this as a ruse for his dad. Ah, you did. I did. Sorry. I said, I hope that's the truth. And unfortunately, it turns out that I had too much faith in Archie not being a garbage person. Yeah. That's a shame. Because here's my thing is that when he said, okay, but prove your loyalty to me by letting my dad out, I was thinking, okay, well, maybe we were right. But I... I... I think that if he was being, like, a double agent or whatever, he'd be able to tell his dad and not be a jerk in front of his parents, you know? Yeah. He could be, like, an agent and, like, do his dirty work about Jughead and everything without going home and being like, you're wrong, Dad. But he's also Archie and he's also stupid. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm hugely unimpressed. Like, how does Archie look at the loyalty between the lodges and go... Yeah, I don't want that with my own dad. He's been my dad, my dad, my dad, my dad, my dad, this entire show. Remember when Fred got shot? Yeah, and he even brought that up this this episode. And he's saying, like, my dad got shot here and he doesn't know what's best for him. And it's like, you know who knows what's best for your dad? Your dad. He's an adult. He's, he's a grown-ass adult. Yeah. So... I, I think that they're trying to do, like, an element of Archie's trying to protect his dad. Yeah. But you can't protect your dad while also working for the people who are actively trying to rip him down. Yeah. That's not how that works. Because Archie's not smart enough to be the snake in the suit. Yeah, I can't bring myself to like Archie at this moment. But can you bring yourself to like Archie in any moment? Sometimes. Sometimes he's okay. True. I think I, every time that he's okay, I bring it up because it happens so rarely. That, yeah, 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 yeah. What, a, what an interesting shame. Jughead calls Veronica Olivia Pope. Oh my god, that broke me. Did you watch that show? Of course I did. Okay, tell me, tell me how that makes sense. Olivia Pope is like master manipulator fixer. Okay, love it. Whatever situation or political thing that you get in, Olivia Pope will fix your problem for you. Perf. And here is a fun fact for... Our hundred listeners slash lost listeners. Henry yeah. Cusick, is in the first season of Scandal. Oh, mm-hmm. and then he actually left Scandal to do the hundred perf. There you go. It was worth it. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, Veronica, did you did you know about these terrible plans? And Betty defends her, not knowing oh. that she's defending her. Archie defends her, but he knows that she knew. How do you do that to your best friend? Can we just put put Archie and Veronica away? Yeah. Like, how do you do that to your best friend? It's not chill. I would never do that to you. Which thing are you talking about specifically? Lie through my teeth and make you look like a fool. You wouldn't. So who, who are you saying you wouldn't be in this scenario? Veronica. Oh, okay. Sweet. Yeah. I was like, are you being Archie or are you being like, who are you being? But I understand. You're saying that you wouldn't Betty me. Yeah. I would not Betty you. Got it. I would also not betty you. Thank you. You're welcome. Jughead's going to go on a hunger strike. Okay. Okay. So here's my, here's my thought process watching this episode. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So I start the episode Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, after my revelation of last week, I'm going to go easier on Jughead. Jughead is really, he's out there doing all the things that I would be doing. He's really representing the teen population, the great movement that's going on right now with, you know, kids who are rising up. And then Jughead says, I'm going to go on a hunger strike. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was then starve. (laughs) I'm going to go on a hunger strike? Who does that help? I mean, Betty does say like he has the right to protest peacefully. So like if it it makes him feel better, then that's what he can do. Yeah, but it shouldn't be about him. It should be about the cause that he's working towards. True. And I guess that's why he's just like, well, this hunger strike isn't working. Guess I'll do this other thing. Exactly. So it's like the hunger strike is is a stunt. No one cares if I eat food except for Betty and FP. Yeah, so. like it's it's a stunt. No one's gonna notice because he doesn't put it on social media. It's just it's a stunt. He yeah. <laughs> doesn't post to Twitter every day. I'm hungry today. Jughead's Twitter would be the most annoying. Like rebel liberal place and i say that as an annoying rebel liberal While well, we were talking about kevin and chick and last night i went to the kevin instagram that they do and i went down to like literally the bottom post and it was a picture of kevin holding a hot dog with chick in the background but remember they've never met so that's just but remember they've never met thanks narrative go yeah, off no yeah, yeah. anyway the, i saw that and i was like uh-uh Priced.
1: Listen, continuity so, is a
0: thing that Riverdale's not familiar with. We know that. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. This the thing is like, I'm ah, just gonna let them get away with it. Yeah, whatever. I'm just gonna deal with it. I I did really love the moment where. Jughead was like, I'm going on a hunger strike. And Archie was like, um... Archie just laughs. You never stop eating. And I was like, that's the Jughead I know, but also where? Like, when does he never stop eating? Because we never see him eat. Yeah, I love that whenever it's like, oh, Jughead eats a lot, it's always uh, word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So Ethel throws a milkshake in Veronica's face. Girl, you got gleeed. Literally, is this glee? Yeah. Um. Remember, like, first episode, Rachel gets a slushie in her face? Yeah. From... Noah Puckerman. Yep. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Oh, he dead now. He dead. You know, you mourn the loss of a life, but uh, you also think about what that person did with that life. Ethel brought that milkshake from Pops, though, which like, you know what? Go big or go home. Yeah. I support it. Go for it. I love- I love- I'm also super extra. I love Ethel's, like, stunts. Yeah, she, like, does nothing until she's like, I'm here to be ridiculous. Yeah, she's like, I- yeah, I'm here to- mess you up yeah and so veronica's like you know what our family kind of ruined her family i get it it's fine no drama and then she goes around and (laughs) messes that up but so reggie is running and i love how reggie has posters in like on like every stall in every girl's bathroom i'm like get that out of there but okay how did he get that in there i'm like who put those up for you midge Maybe Midge did it, and then Moose punched him in the face. <laughs> that's uh Midge would not. Midge wouldn't do that. That's comic. Those are the comic. Yeah, comic characters. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Reggie's like vote Reggie, yay. So hey, is Hiram gonna be the first inmate in your prison? And are they gonna like also make a female prison so your mom can go in there? And so then she punches him in the face. And I mean, like, I get it, but also, Ronnie, your parents are why you gotta punch him in the face? And can you do something else, Ronnie? Your parents are garbage. Yeah, they are kind of garbagey, and also, like, don't punch people. Yeah. Violence. Not the answer. Get them in trouble. That's how I, like, never got bullied in my youth, is that, like, instead of hurting people, I would just tell them, and they'd get in super big trouble. I mean, I never knew anyone who punched anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I was in third grade, I got spit in in my face. (gasps) Like, somebody spit in my face. And so I got them in so much trouble that no one ever bothered me again. Smart cookie. Yeah. So... Veronica's saying to her parents, you should offer Ethel's father a a really good job and then things will be good. And basically they're saying, you don't get to demand things from us. We demand things from you. You should be obedient and sit down. So this is a great look at the power dynamics that are going on here. Yeah, because they're always just like you're one of us Veronica hey you're 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 a business associate blah 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 and then this is the one where the true colors come the primary colors come out and they're like actually you have no power here do our bidding thanks yeah also we've also brought in your boyfriend to do things and we made a blood pact so he can't get out of it yay so from here do you believe that they are redeemable characters I'd like to see them try. I can't, I as of this moment, I can't really think of, like, a way that they could do that. But I like to be surprised. Okay. What do you think? I mean, to me, them exposing who they are in this episode and really, like, point blank saying, like, you exist to us to manipulate is mm-hmm. irredeemable. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm sure that the show will try, but just yeah. the idea of using your child in such a manner and not really seeing the problem with that is really disturbing to me. Yeah, I mean they uh they almost redeemed Chuck, and I wish they would kind of go back to that because I thought that was really interesting. Um so I think that once they do try and redeem Hermione and Hiram, and I do believe that they that they will, mm-hmm. we'll be the judges of whether they're redeemed or not. But right now it's not looking great for those two. No. I'm just so uncomfortable with the way they treat their daughter. Yeah. And I'm uncomfortable with the way, like, Ronnie is being written. I agree. Because, like, badass, feminist, cool Ronnie would not be doing any of this, you know? Mm -hmm. But now she's kind of caught in her parents' web and realizing she's powerless. And I'm like, why didn't you realize this sooner? Yeah. But it's interesting. But I truly don't believe that her parents, it makes me wonder if they love her Mm. or do they just love the role she serves? Because they don't love each other and we know that. Mm -hmm. They like specifically said that like, they, I can't remember exactly what happened, but that they never say I love you to each mm-hmm. other or something. It's like, do they love yeah. her? Do they love the purpose she serves them? Right. And so because they said, be our obedient daughter, she decides, okay, so she is going to run for suit body president. Jughead's pissed because, of course, Jughead's pissed. And Betty is going to be his running mate. Do you mean her running <sighs> mate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. he. She's his running mate later. Yeah. That's why I got confused. But I'm trying to figure out how those two at least at the beginning of this episode or like during the episode, are making sense in their head the difference between, because clearly Varchie and Bughead are, on different, are in different places. Okay. And Archie and Jughead are butting heads about it very clearly. Mm-hmm. Betty, of course, believes that Veronica and Archie are on their side, so everything's fine. But Jughead knows that they aren't, so how is he making amends with that the fact that Betty is on the other side and the fact and how is Betty making sense in her head that Jughead is clearly against her best friend and what she's doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think the answer to that is either they don't talk about it yeah. or they have a healthier relationship that I realize, and they're able to put that aside and say, well, This isn't going to stop us from being in a relationship with each other. Yeah, because many things have prevented us before and we don't want to do it again. I think that I also agree that they might have a healthier relationship than we think they Mm -hmm. do, but also I, I might just be making them more complex characters in my head than they actually are. Yeah. So there it is. The next thing that happens is that Fred is telling Hermione that he wants out. She's saying, okay, okay, we're going to need some lawyers. I'm not sure exactly what the point of that scene actually was. No, I don't either. Um. So anyway, Jughead is on strike and Hiram knows that. And Archie's talking about how, yeah, yeah, he loves political crusade. And Hiram's saying, listen, we're going to make the prison thing happen faster. So will you tell Jughead because it'd be nice if it came from his friend. Yeah. And so Archie goes to tell Jughead and um, they're going to take... Southside High down by the end of the week, and he's saying he's supposed to have a six-week notice because he clearly did some research because he really cares about this, and you know Mm -hmm. what? That's great of him, I think. Jughead's clearly in the moral right, which is weird for us to to say, but we discussed that last episode. Yeah, it's weird to be on Jughead's team. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. especially when they write him so annoying but like you know you have to be on his side because he's doing the right thing yeah. but Archie's talking about how Riverdale needs to be more safe and so making it a prison will be more safe like I don't know what Hiram told him to make him believe that or whatever I think Hiram played upon Fred but he's saying why do you care so much yeah, yeah. and this is why and this is a, a really good point that Archie makes here because I was also wondering this he's like you went to Southside High for like four days why do you care so much yeah. um and he's saying like it's I guess he's kind of just saying it's the principle of the thing. Well, he's like, I grew up on the south side. I did this on the south yeah. side. And I'm like, okay, so according to school zoning, you should have been at South Side High the whole time. Yeah, what happened? Yeah. I mean, I guess FP was like, I went to Riverdale High. So you get to go to Riverdale High. I don't know. I don't I, I don't understand the logic here, but I'm glad that Archie addressed like the fact that Yeah. Eh, Juggy Juggy's going a little hard at this. Like what is Juggy running from? Yeah. And so like Jughead also makes a great point. He's basically saying, "Cool, so you're choosing Veronica's dad over your own dad?" And all of us are like, "Thank you, Jughead." Yeah, that's the truth. Mary comes back and Fred says they're bringing out the big guns. I love that they're friends. They're so healthy. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're getting back together? Um, I would like that if she was going to be a full-time member on the show. Yeah, not that she was just going to keep going back and forth. Yeah. And stuff. I think that would be um, really nice. It feels like they're almost setting that up. Yeah. But yeah, I'm fine either way. Yeah. I like Mary. Me too. And she's good for Fred because Fred can't be alone in a house with somebody who doesn't support him. And it's so messed up that it's all of that has to happen because Archie's- an idiot. Yeah. So Archie's just being rude, basically. And he's saying, whatever. Okay, so mom, we're going to have lunch. And she's like, yeah. She's basically like, yeah, we're going to have lunch. I have some words for yeah, you. We're, we're definitely going to have lunch. <laughs> yeah. Veronica has made a booth called A Cupcake and a Kiss. With Veronica Lodge. Thoughts? Um, you can't... Soliciting votes. It's like, why is there such a big line? You know, when Ethel was, like, uh, using sexuality in politics, and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Thank you so much, Ethel. That's totally true. I, I feel like we're gonna get in the line, and we're gonna be like, cupcake, please. Oh, I'll take a rain check on that other one. Thanks. And also, I'm not voting for you. You should stop using sexist tactics for your own gain. Yeah. But also, it's like, we might have to abstain because... We're not voting for Reggie either, so I guess we're voting for Jughead. Oh, yeah, I'm voting for Jughead. Yeah. That's fun. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, she's talking about sexualizing the election, and how that's kind of garbagey and that maybe she has the dude votes, but she won't have any girl votes. And so Veronica's like, how do I get girl votes? And she's like, I'm trying to give your dad a job. Wouldn't that be nice? And Ethel's like, oh yeah, maybe. But then she does some thinking and she's like, that's a heckin' bribe. I love that the lodges think they can buy everyone. Yeah. Like literally, like that even happens to FP later in the episode. Yep. Th- yeah. They think that money solves all problems. Mm-hmm. So Jughead's with the serpents and he's saying next it's going to be the worm and like that's our like action place. Like it would make a lot of sense if Jughead was like, finally, like that's over the top because like he hangs out at the worm all the time. Yeah. Even though he's underage and shouldn't be in a bar. Exactly. So Tony is super chill about it because she always is. And he's like, oh, they fought for the land. And I'm like, are we bringing this up again? Okay and how it's their town, and I'm going to bring up Sweet Pea now. Oh my god, do it. Okay, so Sweet Pea was in this episode, which is exciting, but he didn't have any lines, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, Sweet Pea wears this dog tag, and people have been asking Jordan... um, What it is? What, like, what's your real name? Like, we know it's not Sweet Pea. And so he says, yeah, I think it's on, he said it's on his dog tag. That's a great detail. Yeah, and so Sweet Pea Tumblr has been like, every time we see the dog tag, like, zoom in, but of course... The dog tag is, like, it, it it's stamped in. Like, it's not written in or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's basically, like, just a silver thing. If it's too far away, it's too blurry for you to read. Yeah. So we still don't know. And there's been, like, behind-the-scenes photos of Jordan that are, like, closer up. And we're all like, can you... Like, we can tell there are letters on there, but we can't tell what the letters are. What do you want his name to be? Oh, I don't even care at this point, as long as it's not something weird. Oh, it's gonna be something weird. What, what do you think it's gonna I be? I have no idea. Something stupid. Like, I mean, Jughead's name is Forsyth. That's... True. So um, but I just want to see what everyone's thinking. Mm-hmm. Sweepy, low-key swole. And fangs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, good, good. I'm about to send you a photo. A photo? Like, on, I'll do it on Skype. On Skype. What here. kind of photo? You'll see. We you go. The <gasps> photo. I'm excited to get this photo. Clicking on the photo. Okay. Oh, look at those dog tags. So this is what we're trying to. And it's like. It's just very annoying because we can't figure out what it is. Yeah, that's far too pixelated. I like that um, the props department slash costumes decided, like, they were going to put the name on it, though. Yeah. Like, it's a secret that Jordan gets to keep. Yeah, and maybe, like, a couple other people, like, have read it or whatever. But but I also wonder, like, obviously, like, who cares about Sweet Pea? Not that many people, like, in the span of the actual people who watch Riverdale. But I want to know about him. I feel like a me. lot of people care about Sweet Pea, actually. Yeah. Like, why does he wear the dog tags? Like, I wonder if... I, I just have this headcanon where, like, his father was in the military or his, like, older brother's in the military or something, and, like, that's what, like, they are or something. But also, he said that it's his name that's on the dog tags, so I'm confused. Either way, I want to know probably more. He really just got dog tags with his name stamped on them. I guess he, like, went to an amusement park and was just like, oh, cool, a booth that makes dog tags. Exactly dope okay so Mary's like I I really hate to see you two fighting and he's like we're not fighting and Mary's being like I just want to make sure that you're not being basically she's saying I'm I are you being manipulated and it's like yeah he is he totally is Yeah, and he's like, "Well, Veronica's a good person," and she's like, "Cool, but your dad's a good person too." Hey, you know what this is? What the world isn't divided up between good people and Death Eaters. My head is in my hands. Why? It's a good quote, and it makes sense. It is. I just also hate you. But you're he right. Actually, split up. But you're right. I think it. You know, it's not. It's not a fine. It's not a line that you have. You're either a good person or a bad yeah. person. There, are, there are shades of gray. Gray. Grace. Yes, exactly. So Veronica goes and tries to get an endorsement from Josie and she's like, whatever, like, are we even friends because you stole the pussycats from me? And she's like, I just borrowed them. Also, it's funny that they were like, we're not friends, but also we'll go to Cheryl's slumber party because it's mandatory. Um, I, I go really back and forth on what the hell is going on with their friendship because, like, we still don't even really know what happened. No! Like, is it that Josie found out about Southside High? No, it was, like, way before when her mom... It was something to do with her mom and the lodges and... Yeah, and she was, like... Sierra said something like, Veronica's manipulating you, and then she stopped talking to Veronica, and then Veronica, like, used the Pussy Cats for her to sing Union of the Snake. Yeah. And then, and then that's it. And we were, like, wait, what? And now Josie thinks it's funny for her to get a milkshake in her face. But then I also, like... I thought they made up when they were, like, singing Bittersweet Symphony. Right, because, well, that was a- her mom made her do that. But it was also, like, a truce. Like, it It, right. it looked peaceful to me. Don't know. I just, I don't- Veronica's like, I know Andy Cohen. And she's like, oh, I love Andy Cohen for some reason. And I also watch his show. And, and uh, she's like, how about you can be on the show? And she's like, okay, deal. But she's basically just being like, okay, I'm going to... Stab you in the back, but you won't know, so you still have to put me on the she show. She'd have her cake and eat it too, and you know what? I support her. Like, get Josie it. Josie is get it, valid. Girl. Yeah. So, uh, Mary and Hermione are there and they're kind of having a chat. It's like they were having dinner last episode, and Fred was like, You and Mary were hanging out. And she's like, No, no, that's Alice. So, it's like Hermione and Mary were really good friends, and now they're like completely on opposite sides. I want to know more about the parents. Yeah, I'm dying to know about their interpersonal relationships. I feel like we're leading up to a, some kind of story because they it, it's becoming more and more relevant, Yeah, you know? There's so much Parent Dale going on. I really like Parent Dale. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, I'm so into that word. <laughs> so Hiram gets a call. What? Oh my god, Robin, I want a t-shirt with what? that on it. Yeah? Yeah. What's it going to say? Parent Dale, that's it. Just Parent Dale in the Riverdale font. Just the word Parent Dale or is it going to say something else? Okay. Oh, I like that. Design that. I can do that. So Hiram gets a call. And so then he calls Archie to go fix it. And the serpents at least the ones that Chuckhead could get to do things, are chained to the school. And he's like, well, looks like Hiram noticed. I mean, like, I I like that Juggy has a core group of serpents that are like, all right, let's do it. We only know the names of two of them, but they're here. Yeah, I just respect it, you know? Yeah. Okay, so I'm Um, literally Googling the uh, Riverdale font. I love it. I'm excited about this. And I know how to make it neon, too. I'm excited. So Betty is at the protest and she's like, oh, are you sure you won't get arrested or anything? He's like, no, because if we get arrested, arrested, that's going to look really bad. I hope it goes viral. And I'm like, okay, so you're talking about social media, you're talking about the internet, but you won't upload your heckin' articles to it. Okay. Or, like, spread the whole, like, movement and expose rim on social media. Exactly. And so he's like, also, they're not going to mess with, like, all of the adult serpents that we've got over there. Yeah. And so they start talking about how Betty has some election stuff to do, and he calls her Tracy Flick. Did which up? I looked up. Yeah, I sure did. Okay, so the font costs money. Do I remember? No, I have to look it up again. What? Which makes sense. You can also Google, like, people Riverdale font, like dupe or whatever. That's what I usually do. Like find one that's close. I know, but that's also like, oh, we should be paying for these things. I guess. Because people work hard for it. But Tracy Flick was a fictional character in Election by Tom Parada. And I know that guy because he also wrote The Leftovers. Oh. And Reese Witherspoon played her. Okay. She's a smart, ambitious high school student whose quest to win a school election is nearly derailed by her own ruthlessness and desperation. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. So, Josie is here endorsing Veronica, and she's like, I'm here to talk to especially women to vote for Veronica. Ethel has these flyers out, and um, I kind of mentioned what the flyers said last Mm -hmm. episode, so I'm not going to bring it up again. And Veronica's really pissed, and she's like, I'm not even taking your crappy bribe, so yeah, pass. And Betty's really sad because she feels betrayed. Josie's the one who gave the info. And Betty talks about how she can't trust Veronica and she is not running with her anymore. I was like, when I was watching this scene, I was getting more and more angry. Um, The more they used like that feminist track that they were saying, I was like, are you kidding me? None of this is feminist. And then all of a sudden... Mm -hmm. It turned and it was like, yes, this is female solidarity. Is taking up someone who's been manipulating you. Yeah. Yeah. Man, we never expected Veronica to be that. And that's upsetting. Yeah, it is really upsetting because I really like Veronica. Yeah. So, like, does Veronica have to find a new running mate now? And who will it be? She's going to be like, Aren't you, you're my only friend. I feel like she would either, like, find a new running mate or probably have to drop out of the race. Right. Hermione knows about it because Weatherby be called... And Hermione's really mad because she told her to lay low. Veronica cries and is talking about how everyone sees her as a criminal because of them, and she just needs something to be her shield. Mm-hmm. I just I have a lot of sympathy for Veronica, but I also don't. Yeah, yeah, it's like she. I get what you're saying, yeah. but, but she's also a sixteen-year-old girl being manipulated by her parents. You didn't have to join and be one of their business partners. You didn't have to. But at the same time. She was craving a connection with them because they've kept her out of the loop for so long. Yeah. So FP brings burgers. Okay. (laughs) I love this scene a lot. And, uh, yeah, all the others, like, left and just, like, took a break, which I'm like, that's not how protest works, but okay. (laughs) And, uh, he's like, I won't tell anybody that you broke your hunger strike if you have some burgers. So, so, (sighs) last episode, I gave up my did Jughead eat a burger portion of the segments. (laughs) And in this episode, and then he ate like three, Jughead ate three burgers. I'm not happy. It won't, dude, it like won't happen again. So like, feel free to change her. <laughs> so but good. I'm also, I'm also happy though, because like, it's so nice to see Juggy eat a burger. Yeah, it feels like that's 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 the guy. And I really love when FP and Juggy bond. They're so good together. Yeah, they they just they have a really great connection. Yeah. Um FP says that Hiram basically offered them like a penthouse at the top of a uh an apartment building and how that would be like room for their whole family and everything. I'm like, "Stop bringing up your ex-wife. She's not important anymore." Okay, he obviously still cares about her, so you need to calm down. Well, if she comes back, I hope it's after he's gotten with Alice. Because then it's like, uh-oh, now we have to figure this out. But if it's like she comes back before he's gotten with Alice, then it's going to be like, oh, I guess I have to hang out with my actual wife now. Yeah, but that's slow burn, though. Uh, I don't want it. Yes, you do. I know. I love the angst. Um, But Jughead, like has this really deep thought i guess like you know because he's a writer and he's like if we live on this penthouse i'm gonna walk out onto the balcony and just like look at the prison and just feel terrible yeah it would have been built on the backs of lies yeah and then he brings up jellybean and i'm just like she's not even here i kind of wish we would get to see jellybean me too especially because i still have lots of questions about her yeah and so he's like okay well what did you say (laughs) And F.P.'s like, I hung up on his ass and I went to Pops and brought you some burgers. (laughs) I love. I love it. I love it. I love that F.P. knew not only did he not want that, but Jughead would never want that. Yeah. And then they have like a nice little Jones boys hug. I really like how far they've come as father and son and how far F.P. has come. Like, I think in the past F.P. might have taken that deal. Yeah. But he didn't because he thought about him and he thought about his integrity and he thought about Jughead. Yeah. I love F.P. He's one of my favorite characters on the show. Wow, really? Yeah, no one expected this from me, but that's the truth. Yeah, no, I actually, whoa, this is... um <laughs> A revelation. This, this is really shocking. I think I actually yeah. need a minute to process this. Okay, well, let me know when you're back. Okay, I'm back okay okay this is one of my favorite scenes this first of all that scene that we just talked about but also this upcoming scene is one of my favorite scenes in the episode Mm -hmm. when mary talks about how she was like looking forward to seeing jughead you know and archie's just like oh jughead's being stupid like he's still chained up to the thing i don't even know what he's fighting for probably just stupid dumb stuff or whatever and then mary has this whole thing about how he's disrespecting his father and like how fred like grew up being this and this and this and like of course she knows these things because they were married for a long time and like she wouldn't have married fred if she didn't like care about him and respect him and everything and so like this is just a really great monologue she does a great job i love her she does molly ringwald is a force of nature and like the 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 rage that starts out quiet and then just builds and builds and builds and builds Like, not only is she a fantastic actress, but I remember accidentally making my mom that mad and feeling that emotion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's such a real moment. And I love how fiercely she defends Fred. Yeah. And it really highlights how wrong Archie is. So wrong. Archie is in the wrong. Archie should not be defending the lodges. I understand having loyalty to your significant other. But if your significant other is in the wrong, is it not your responsibility to say, hey, maybe this is wrong. Maybe we're in over our heads. That's the truth. But they don't. That's also the truth. I just, I respect Mary. I stand. yeah. <laughs> um, Hiram tells Archie that they can't have Jughead doing these things because every like second he's out there, it's worse for business. and we obviously can't have the adults do it because Jughead said beforehand that would look really bad. so that's why he wants Archie to do it mm-hmm. because they are also teens. and Archie's like, no, I refuse. Because finally Archie's like, okay, that's a, that's a bit too much. I just talked to my mom about how garbagey I've been and yeah. um, I don't want to. And he's like, well, you took a heckin' oath and there's going to be consequences if you don't do the things that I want. And so Archie's like, okay, I'll do it, but I'm, you have to free my dad. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so like Archie has half a backbone. Yeah. The one good thing Archie did in this episode, other than going, oh, Jughead, you eat all the time. Oh my God, Robin, I am a fool. Mm. In my list of people that I would want to meet and have a slumber party with, what? I didn't include Guy Fieri. Oh no. Who am I? It would be kind of weird if he came to your slumber party. No, he's such a good LGBT ally. Okay, here's what you're going to do then. Yeah. Is that you'll say, wow, what a lovely slumber party I've just had. Also, I have hired a caterer. You're a genius. Thank you. Okay. That was really distressing for a minute. I got it. It's okay. Okay, thank you. Um, So they go to the protest and Archie and co. come up. Did I check to see which guys were there? Um, Yes, I did. And none, of, we don't know any of those randoms. Not even Reggie. Mm, I didn't see him. Yeah, I didn't see him so, hmm. And so FP like tries to stand up for him and Jughead's like, they'll put you in jail. Just, just don't. And so Archie says like, he's sorry and Jughead's not going to fight with him. And he's like, you know what? Actually, I love this because everyone's going to see exactly what heck and kind of lackey you are. And everyone knows what's going on right now. I love that. It felt kind of triumphant. It felt very triumphant. I had a huge, like, giddy feeling in my chest over this. Mm-hmm. And, like, it then was, people start booing when he cuts the thing. Yeah. It was so good. I love that they continue to put Archie... Like, Archie's not the hero of this show. No. it's. Sh- yeah, I mean, he sh- At least not right now. He should be, but he rarely is. Yeah. Jughead is. He really is. Yeah. It's weird that he's so annoying. He's annoying, but I think he's annoying in a way where it's like he's trying to find his voice in the world. Yeah. And so he's going to try and do every stunt possible until he finds something that sticks. And I think he finally found the thing that sticks. Mm-hmm. It's not about, like, the hunger strike, and it's not about his morals. It's about preserving the feeling and the reputation of a place that he loves because otherwise gentrification will take it. Snaps. And I think that's, good stuff. that's a good cause to fight for. Yeah. Um, also, Sweet Pea and Fangs are here. They're important and they look great. Sweet Pea is a babe. I think we should just say it. Oh, they're both babes. Yeah, but Sweet Pea specifically. Have you took an, taken a look at Fangs recently? I actually don't usually look at Fangs because I don't know which one Fangs is. Okay. Hold, please. Okay. <laughs> I was like, um, what? Oh my God. He was on Disney Channel. What movie is this? Okay, here. I'm sending you a photo. Oh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He pretty. He's very pretty. Yeah, you're pretty. Yeah. Anyway, I love them both. They're both good people. Good, good characters. I like them. Good serpents. So, uh, oh, Archie like pushes Jughead. Why you gotta push him? And they have this like dramatic moment where they stare at each other and I'm just like, I know whose side I'm on. Sure as heck not the redheads. Yeah. Bughead's hanging out in the trailer and Betty's like giving him a massage and he's talking about how like he doesn't want to lose Riverdale High too and so he's going to run for president. Betty's going to run with him. I just have a question like do these two ever have those, like, cute couple moments where they just, like, sit and giggle over stuff? What do you mean? Because we never see them. Like, it feels like their whole relationship is just, like, drama, drama, drama. And I'm just like, can we just see a moment where those two are just, like, giggly and having fun and, like, just enjoying each other's company? Yeah. They must have some light moments somewhere. They must, and we just don't see them. But I'd love to have a moment where they're just kind of, like, hanging Soft. out. Yeah, Yeah. being adorable. Because right now it's just, like, so dramatic. And so, yeah, Betty says, yeah, totally, I'll run with you, but can I please stay at your house because I can't live with Chick anymore? And Jackhead's like, oh, we're moving in together? Okay. I think it's such a sweet moment, though. I think... I think the fact that Cole and Lily are in a relationship really helps with the intimacy of this moment Mm -hmm. because it feels like a very lived in couple. Yeah. 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 The last thing that we have is that Hiram did free Fred out of his contract and Fred saying he never doubted Mary and that she's going to stay for a while and that he is still running for mayor. Good. Good. He is the mayor that Riverdale needs. Yes. Agree. Uh, Segment time. I'm for it. Yeah? Okay. So now it's time for segments. My first segment is called Asexual Jughead? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is yes, always yes, because I don't care. You should never care. It's always real. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. It's real. And my segment is which MILF was the most badass in this episode? And I'm going to give it to Mary. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Also, Jughead did eat. But low-key at a burger this episode. Jughead, yeah, Jughead ate a burger. Yeah. But also, um, I also wanted to give a shout out to Alice for yep. really being open and vulnerable with Betty. That was also a great moment and a badass milk moment. Yeah. Badass can also mean soft. True. Mm-hmm. Um, did the snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? <laughs> yes. Um, yup. Full on yes. <laughs> Alice did. She acknowledged it. It was a thing. It was exciting. It was a it was a big thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. and now it's time for our best line award. So my best line award goes to Veronica for "Color Me a Wildflower" because I thought that was a cute line. Okay. And then I wanted to, of course, give an honorable mention to Alice for and "I am very well acquainted with how alluring the Jones men are." Ooh, Ooh, she likes him. I hate that we made the same sound at the same time. <laughs> And mine goes to Cheryl Faro, Inner Circle, Cousin Betty, because I love it. I don't know why someone explained to me why I find Cousin Betty friggin' hilarious. I love it. Yeah. And now it's time for our trailer reaction. Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! Um, um, I downloaded the Parent Dale font, so that's happening. Exciting. Should I do it neon? Yes. Okay. In bisexual lighting done. Okay. Well, because the Riverdale is all like yeah. neon too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You ready? Yes. Now, we are doing trailer reactions in three, two, one, play. Okay. You've suffered Witness. many traumas. So oh, scary stuff. So I think life. they did something to her. They oh, I'm FP. so for Tony avenging normal. her girlfriend. I don't know who you've become. We are essentially Mary, Mary calling out Archie. Don't understand. <gasps> no. Oh, you? I don't know why I never noticed that the other times I what watched it. Do? Come home. Oof. I'm this so gonna excited. Be a, this is, is going to be a big Alice episode, I think. Okay, so first of all, Cheryl, they've slowly been putting Cheryl in like the Sisters of Quiet Mercy like- Outfit, yeah. Outfits and like taking her identity away and that is breaking me a little bit. She's got her freaking like padded walls and everything- Tony's not in the yeah. Vixen outfit, so I wonder if Tony's just like, I don't want to be a Vixen if Cheryl's not here. <laughs> but also, I like that Tony came to Veronica and Josie, and they're like, "Yeah, we need to find her. Chick is watching the television in, like, a weird way. That's so uncomfortable way to sit, so I don't know why you're sitting like that, Okay, I think he fell to his knees when he saw... Oh, okay, that makes sense. ...the news, because Alice is behind him It's the same lighting. And then she called FP. Okay, here's the thing about the swamp, though. Is that, like, when it happened, I was like, maybe it doesn't sink because... <laughs> there's so many cars in there. So, like, why put it in there if the police is like, yeah, there's always cars in here. So they, yeah. they probably check all the time. They didn't yeah. think it through. Like, everything's normal. Yeah, Archie's trash. I <laughs> like at Archie and Hiram. Uh, the Josie and Cheryl thing. Um, I like that Mary's giving Archie a talking yeah. to, though. Okay, fine. The photo. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, so someone found, and I can't tell, I think this is Josie. Yeah, it's Josie. Found the drawing of Cheryl mm-hmm. and Josie. And then they're which means that- Talking to Penelope about it. Yeah, it means that her secret is about to yeah. be exposed. And, like, I wish that Cheryl was getting help for the right reasons, because, like, being closeted obviously has been really messing with her well-being. Yeah. But it seems like Josie is not responding well to this, which I don't blame her for. The serpents are bursting oh. through a door. Sweet Pea's there. I see Sweepy. Pea. Nana Rose on the floor. They're bursting through a door, and I'm almost sure that's a Cooper door. Oh, it does look like a Cooper door. Uh-oh. That's spoopy. Did Chick do something? Betty's on the phone. Yeah. And then Archie. Nana Rose on the Archie ground. Archie is uh arm wrestling with what looks to be Reggie, but might not be. I don't know. Veronica wearing a cute shirt. Reggie. Don't come home. Um, Veronica's shirt, I want <laughs> and need. I saw her running and I was like, first of all, I'm gay. Second of all, I want yeah. that shirt. Alright, well. And then I love that close up on Alice. Like Majin is just the most beautiful person who's ever existed. Thank you. Would would have to agree. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, we just released a podcast uh, reacting to the trailer of season five, which is finally out. And you can listen to our season four pod on our SoundCloud and iTunes and other places. And if you're a fan of Lost, we'd like to talk about that show too. We are all finished season one. So it's a great time for you to join us over there. And we'll be starting season two a uh, couple months, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You can follow The Afficionados on every social media platform you can think of, including Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, and YouTube. Yeah. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash The If you like what we do here, please consider donating. It is quite expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And we appreciate every single one of you, donating or not. We just love you all. Yeah. It's like... um A dollar a month is like the lowest, and you could find that change on the ground. So sometimes I do put it towards helping uh, your favorite podcast. Yeah, as if we're their favorite. (laughs) Well, Well, we're my favorite podcast. True, me too. (laughs) I'm biased. You can follow me on Twitter at at Britannia, which is B R I T T A N I A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R O B Y N E J E F F R U I, pretty much everywhere. Join us for this next episode, which is 217 The News Titans. And The News Titans, like they've been doing a lot of film, Mm -hmm. but The News Titans was a popular episode on the TV show Big Love, episode 508. And the show is about a man who has multiple wives. Yeah, it's about polygamy. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.